0: Hey listeners, I just want to give a little disclaimer that this particular episode does mention um, suicide and slavery, so if either of these are a trigger for you, you might want to skip on to the next episode.
1: I'm author Mark Muncy.
0: And I'm author Erica Lance.
1: And this is Eerie Travels. greetings travelers we're back yeah oh my gosh it it feels like forever so it it does we like went through a whole transformation technically yeah technically we've come out of the cocoon and we've stretched our legs and now we're going to moth for this stuff the twins are singing we're going to destroy tokyo let's do it so no, that that's not the transformation. It, oh. no, it's called
0: the Great Copyright Transformation of 2023.
1: Of 1937. <laughs> My Google skills were not as good as I thought, and no. uh, and yeah, yeah, that that's that's fun. So, well, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So now we are now Erie Travels, which which uh, we know we are we are safe we are safe and secure in that so you know
0: we are safe and secure going to something we're absolutely 100 percent sure is not copyrighted by anyone but us
1: yes yes very much so so oh my gosh 2023 what have you been up to so far I know it's still early in the year but I already need a break to the Bahamas and a and a full body massage I think so
0: well, it's funny you say that, not not the full body massage part. I don't know why that was in, but um, it actually is going to snow here in North Carolina. So like you're, you're in tropical weather. Ours has started to frost. So, you know, up here in the Appalachians, I think Bigfoot is going to go into hibernation.
1: Well, down here we had the falling iguanas because it did get cold and it's going to get cold again. So we got, you know, we got cold fronts coming through still. It's people all come down here and, but you know, you know, for those of uh, you know, those of us born up in Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia, Michigan, it's still it's still beach weather when it's in the 40s, so we're good.
0: <laughs> no, it's, and you said falling iguanas, and we should mention a little bit about that on the show briefly, oh, yeah. which is they legitimately do get frozen and fall out of trees, yeah, and people don't. In,
1: yeah, in Florida. To yeah, they're an invasive species in Florida, so they're not native to the area. They've escaped, but they are becoming the dominant species in South Florida, but they keep moving a little further north, a little further north every year. But what happens is, is, yeah, when it gets cold, they go into a torpor and just fall out of the trees and land on the side of the road. And my, my favorite story was a lady last year, she was from the Philippines, and it was her first year living in Miami. And she saw them all laying on the side of the road, and she knows how to cook them. And has never seen them (laughs) fall out of the trees. So she thought she was going to be the big hero of her family Christmas by bringing home all these iguanas. And she picked them all up and put them in her small car. And her heater was working really well in the car. (laughs) And so that was a traffic ticket. I'm sure that was fun to write after the accident. But
0: I have no, and imagine trying to explain that legitimately to your insurance company, because they're not going to, like, so I picked up like five frozen iguanas and then they came back to life. So there were zombie iguanas. Yes. You know, I think that's one thing people don't realize is they do fall out of trees, but they're not dead. They're like, it's, anyway.
1: It's crazy. Well, once she again, we forgot to also uh, thank our producer in the other room for uh, doing all the magic there. So thank you, Callista Muncie, for doing all your magic. And then also Destiny Beard again for the music. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. We love that theme song. I will listen to that over and over and over again. So,
0: And you uh, actually have, so that's oh, yeah. not at all creepy. That's my weird. new
1: ringtone now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, I, I can't help it. So, but- Oh,
0: I get it. No, I get it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So what magic do we have?
1: Okay. Well, yeah, we started, we've done a little bit of everything so far. Uh, We, you know, we did Mandela effect we've done, you know, we started off with cocaine bear. Yeah. So we've done true crime with, you know, with a monster we've done the, you know, conspiracy theory, alternate universe. So we've got to do ghosts, right? I mean, that's part part and parcel. So I think this one, one of the most common questions I get is where can I go look for ghosts? You know, See, I would
0: have the, thought it would have been where did you get that shirt?
1: I get that a lot too. But uh, you know, and I I also get the what are you doing with that? <laughs> and uh and where is my check? But you know, those are different things. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I, I just tell those guys, you know, it's in the mail. That's the classic. And um Um, And then, oh, and then the other one that I usually respond is, you know, the the man was dead when I got there. That's the other canned response for the question. But uh, I can't get away with that anymore. But I understand. (laughs) But I get so many people respond, you know, I get, you know, we get our listener tales which i'm uh-huh. so grateful for which we have our first one on this very episode i'm so excited we get to share which is super again. exciting
0: considering i don't think the first episode is actually officially aired yet yeah so and I, this I don't, like, don't want to go down the how creepily we got a <laughs> so it's like perfect for this haunting one that we got yes. a listener tale even though we haven't said actually hey, gone live
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's creepy as it is. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, uh, so we'll talk about that at the end. So stay tuned for the end. You've got a special thing coming, gang. Believe me, It was. it's a, it's a winner. Uh, but um, But anyway, the, my most common question is, where do we go to go find ghosts? I want evidence. I want to see a ghost. They don't want, where's the best ghost tour? I get that a lot too. You know, I'm going to this town, I'm going to that town. And then that's the other thing is I get a lot of, hey, I'm going to St. Augustine. I'm going to Savannah. I'm going to Key West. I'm going to Salem. All the hot spots, you know, I'm like, look, those places are covered. There's plenty of ghost tours and ghost haunted buildings that charge for the hour to go visit them, stuff like that. Those are great. And then the other thing is, is it's like, I can't tell you a lot of places, because a lot of places are private property. You've got to write these people months in advance, make sure you got things going. But then I wanted, I figured we'd do things a little differently. I think we're going to take a grand tour over the course of seasons here uh, and we're going to hit some of those lesser known hot spots, lesser known places, but places that you will definitely have some sort of strange experience. It's a town just north of Tampa Bay in Florida, and it's a town that doesn't get nearly as much paranormal love as I think places like St. Augustine and Salem get. This place has more stories. And once you hear this episode, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, why is this place not you know, central for all these investigations. And no, it's not Casadega, even though that one gets a little bit of love too. That is a lesser known. We'll get into Casadega in a future episode. But we are talking about the amazing town of Brooksville, Florida. So
0: can I ask something as, you know, as somebody who has, and I have my own ghost stories and stuff and for a future Mm -hmm. episode, the hosts ghost stories. um, Hey, that actually is a great idea for an episode. My question is this, so when we're talking about, because I know you're going to get into all these places, but when we're talking about somebody getting in to go and have an experience, isn't there like a recommendation you want to do? Because people, I think, sometimes project what they want to see in a place or what they want to hear in a place instead of like the right way to approach an experience because the ghosts aren't just sitting there waiting for people to show up all the time.
1: Yeah, and not every night is Halloween. That's the important thing. You watch the TV shows and you go, wow, look at all that exciting EVP and EMP and all this stuff. That's television, gang. It's edited. It's, you know, it's, it, it's hours and hours and hours of footage edited down to 30 minutes, you know, of good, you know, and even then some of that is Hollywood. You know, it's, this is Mr. Me who's been on some travel channel documentaries and other stuff. They edited some of my stuff down, so you know it's, it's just how it goes. So don't expect every night to be Halloween. When you do go, go with more than yourself. Make sure you're not alone on these things because you want extra witnesses. You want somebody else to document it's the independent verification. Um, and also, yes, the producer just reminded us: visit multiple places, you know, multiple times the same place. Because sometimes you'll get a different experience the next time you go. Just like walk into your house on a day when you've had a stressful day at work and you just go into your bedroom and crash, you're done. you know. And nobody, anybody else walks into your house, where is everybody? What's going on? But then another night, everybody's home. We're all playing Xbox, whatever. It's, you know, it's a party. You get a completely different experience walking into that house. It's the same thing with the haunted locations. It's some nights it's a party and some nights it's a ghost town, literally. So.
0: No, and I think it's important you said that because I think people go looking and if they already have heard about a, a haunt, they're expecting that to happen. And that may or may not be what's there. It may or may not be on a, a ley line, which is a whole other episode, too. Yeah. We'll and so, that. yeah. OK, start, though. Let's go. okay we you're so going.
1: Into, we're going to uh, Brooksville. All right. So Brooksville, north, Florida. Yeah, you head north out of Tampa Bay. And it's about an hour north of Tampa, uh, depending on traffic, because sometimes Tampa is an hour from Tampa. Uh, and you get up there and the it's a small town. It was untouched by the Civil War. It was supposed to be, the Yankees wanted it burned because it was the breadbasket of the South, right? And um, it was also home of a lot of native tribes. So this is where the... Uh, uh, you know, this is also near Dade City, where the Dade City Battlefield is. This is near Florida's Arlington, is just outside of Brooksville, and uh, that's where you know hundreds of thousands of soldiers are buried. More people are buried there than in Arlington. It's crazy, um, wow. and um, and it's just this unusual place, and the the town itself just has all this history, and the the Yankees were going to burn it down, uh, the Union. And, uh, and then they got tired of walking through swamp, trying to get to it. So they just went to the coast and burned down the coast,, uh, the docks. Uh, and they left Brooksville alone. So that's why it's old and untouched Florida. It's some of the oldest settlements in the state. Now, um, because of all this, you you go, you've got the history there. You've got the native history. you've got all this. And at the center of the town, uh, is the old courthouse, which is amazing, and that's probably one of the places that gets the most uh, paranormal love because it had a hanging tree, it had all this stuff. But the real hotspot is just about a half mile away in the May Stringer house. Now, the May Stringer house was originally settled by the May family. It was just a little two-bedroom ranch house, uh, and it was on quite a bit of acreage. And the May family ran it for a while. And they had several slaves. And then old man May got called off to war. And then he never came back. He died.
0: Yeah. So
1: we hear that story regularly widows, yep. widows' walks, and all. Yep. So May married Doc Stringer, the town doctor. And then he gets the land and the house and he expands it into this giant Victorian mansion now with six bedrooms, an attic, and all this other fun stuff, and it's pretty crazy awesome. Now, um, this place is so good that you've got this, um, the base, the base area is the original house, and on that floor alone, there's some strange activity, but you go up to the second floor, and this is where there are several known ghosts. One is Jessie May. She is this two-year-old girl who died in the house. She was displayed in the basement, or in the, the main floor foyer, but her room is on the second floor. And it's like a nursery room. And paranormal teams love this house. They go to that room, they bring her toys, they bring her all the fun things to play with. Then right across the hall from her is her brother James's room. Now, James grew up to be a nice young man. He went off to war in World War One, and comes home and finds that his wife-to-be has married someone else. So he is despondent. He is distraught. And he climbs up to the top floor and decides, that's it. I can't live anymore and hangs himself from the third floor. Now, the third floor attic area is where Doc Stringer supposedly took his more off kilter patients to keep them away from the prying eyes of the rest of the house. Uh, his main office was down on the first floor, but that third floor is an attic. And what happened is, is the house passed hands through the Stringer family for a generation. And then in the 1980s, they sold it to Hernando County to make it the Historical Society's home. So what they did was they started collecting artifacts to make it a museum. And so now the house is filled with all these crazy artifacts. And up in that attic is a um, a, a, a suitcase uh, that is like an actor's trunk, like a giant makeup case. And something has come in that is attached to that case that is not attached to the house. It doesn't fit any of the histories of the deaths in the house or anything like that. This is something new. This is something unusual. but psychics and other teams have gotten so much stuff from this ghost in the attic is either he starts with a g they know he's a g he's either a gary or a Gus, depending on which psychic you talk to which uh you know spirit box you have but most of them know him as mr nasty he's a ghost that likes to push people and poke at people and he's just not a nice guy personally i think you're, and, and some people say, oh, he's a demonic entity. No, he's just a jerk. And I think if you were a jerk in life, you're a jerk in the afterlife, right? You know. Well, if you're also
0: going to keep yourself attached to a giant trunk, I mean, that's got to be annoying. I mean, <laughs> future talks about this, but it sounds like, you know, there was a lot of tragedy in this house. And I always think it's interesting when a house is this smaller thing that's rebuilt, because I have been to the and I've done the tour of the house. Yep. So I've had my own experiences and I didn't go with Mark so this is solo little girl's trip up there to go see a haunting the hauntings which was interesting but I think that you know there's something that locks somebody in place because if every um person who passed away was stuck wherever they passed away we'd you know it would be a very different situation with ghosts all over the place like there'd be a ghost here and a ghost there and you know whatever but I, I I've been up into that attic where that trunk is. And it's, it's fascinating to me that, you know, they already had a haunted house and they were like, you know what, let's go find some more creepy crap and put it in this house and see if we can just create like a vortex.
1: And that's exactly, you know, there's, w- there's a graves on the outside of the house, right by the side of the house. These are just gravestones. These aren't graves, the graveyard, the graveyard, is lost nobody knows where it actually is on the grounds because somebody stole all the gravestones over the years the only reason they have the gravestones is they found them in a thrift store downtown uh that they were being sold as paving stones for your yard and they realized oh this is the this is the may stringer clan stuff we also don't know where the 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 slaves were buried we know that there were many buried on the property but There is no place. They are trying to get ground-penetrating radar out there to find this stuff. Uh, That is one of the reasons why they are a fully functioning museum and they would love donations. They love when you come to visit. It is free admission. But if you leave a donation, it helps the house. It helps do all this. But the main reason I'm talking about it is they allow night investigations. Uh, You have to call ahead. There is a waiting list. It's usually substantial waiting list but if it gets too full they open up extra nights so um if you go to her county historical society or just look we'll up post it may the String- notes. well posted in notes or just look up may stringer house uh it'll be there um and then you can just email them say hey i'd like to come investigate i have a team now if you have a, an accredited team they will just leave one docent in the house for you and give you free run of the house uh, if you are not an accredited team, which means you haven't done X many investigations or basically means if nobody's heard of you, uh, you know, you can still get in there, but they'll leave a couple docents with you to keep an eye on things. Uh, but, you know, that's the best place. And honestly, I took a couple of YouTubers there uh, right before last Halloween um, and they were doing they do a haunted house in the haunted house for halloween it's a great little fundraiser they do every year they call it the may stringer ghost fest and it's amazing um and they take you through the first couple floors of the house and we were there for a preview night they weren't actually open that night but they had a couple actors in to show us some stuff um and it was fun it was just for youtube to promote the event uh and then after everybody was done and wrapping up I took a couple of the vloggers back in so they could get some photos for their Instagrams and stuff like that. And we went back up to the attic and we got to talk about a little bit about Gary and Mr. Nasty a little better. And while we're talking and they are filming me, the attic door flies open behind me. Now, this is not a, you know, situation. This is literally the door flying open after it had been shut. We were up there alone. uh, And, uh, those in the May Stringer house, the windows up there are sealed. So there is no air currents. This is also Florida in October. So it was hot. So there's no, but the air conditioner does not work up in the attic. We're all sweating. So there is no air current, no nothing that could have opened that door. And we were the only people in the house at that time.
0: So Gary wanted you to leave.
1: Gary Gary showed us the door. You guys were already here.
0: You're done. Get out. I'm going to give a high five to Gary. I mean, if Gary's trying to be like, Listen, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck in this attic. Everybody can just go. I don't. I don't want to visit
1: with the living. So, so after May Stringer said her goodbyes, to Jesse May, I got a little Jesse May follow up. I'll do here in a little bit. But um, you go down the street, and you go down the road, and you go a little ways away. It's maybe five miles away from there. Is Spring Hill Cemetery, probably one of the most haunted cemeteries in America. Now. This one, do not go at night, it is private property, it is closed off. And also to get out there, you have to go out this little wooden, this little dirt road and a wooden path and it is not well kept to get out there. So you cannot just drive up to this thing. Although people do, if you got a nice four wheel drive, good good on you, but I wouldn't recommend it. I'd say park at the main street and walk out to it. And this cemetery has it all. It's got murders that have happened in the cemetery. It has graves that predate the cemetery by hundreds of years. It's, it's uh, just this amazing stretch of land and you will feel the air change when you get there. Uh, There is a little child ghost that you hear laughing. Um, A man was lynched there. uh, And, and so, you know, again, second time we've had to mention rope things, Uh, but you've got yeah, it's just it's it's bad. It's a it's a scary area. And when you what... say
0: the the air changes, because a lot of people talk about this, does it get like when you when you felt? Did you feel like it got thicker or colder or thicker and colder? Because I feel like when you sometimes go into the um uh a haunted area, you end up in like feeling like almost more like solid air like there's something just permeating the
1: space I feel electric like I get it the hairs on my arms stand up I feel the hair on the back of my neck stand up it's definitely something like that uh it could be much of anything but that's what I feel um and that's that's what I feel there it feels electric there um you go there So, how many times
0: have you been there
1: I've been there many many times uh with various teams Trying to get their story because that's what I do. I go with other ghost hunting teams to get their stories. Now, my favorite time there, I was with a team filming a project. Uh, they were doing a documentary on on Civil War cemeteries, and that was one of the places we went. And uh, they were skeptics. They were, you know, they were always joking because we went by May Stringer, we went by those or stuff. It was just, it was really funny. And uh, what was fun was we got in there, and I was telling about the little girl ghost, and I was telling about the little, you know, the little kid ghost. And, and as we were leaving, they were all mad because they had to park their RV, you know, a half mile away and carry all their heavy equipment out there. So as they're leaving, they're like, man, it, this place really did feel kind of spooky after a little bit. It would have been nice to, to seen something scary or heard something. And as we were walking out, we hear this little kid go, ha, ha 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 And it is literally two miles from anything out there. And they all just turned, looked at each other. And I was like, see guys, not every day's Halloween, but, uh, you, know, you, you, you never know.
0: It's it's interesting you say that because when you were talking about the May Stringer House, right, and the little girl, most especially, and not some of the, and I'm using quotation marks, patience or yeah. the the son that took his own life or um, other people who lost their lives on the property, right, is I feel sometimes there's a, a desire to. Um, have the horror aspect of uh paranormal experience you know you have ghost hunters you have all these places and I think that people ghosts for them you know people ghosts mm-hmm. tend to be in places where there was a trauma a lot of times yeah. they're there because there was a trauma or a horrific incident and they can't move on for whatever reason future episode but um it's interesting to me because you talk about something like a little girl or something like that, where, or a a child, I should say, because we don't know the gender of the child and that experience in that laughter is probably not necessarily got an evil connotation to it. Right. But I mean, we all, you know, a little kid laughing the right way is creepy as shit. So, but I think it's interesting that a lot of these, places want to be they want to be scared you yeah. know that they, they, they go they want to do you, as a and this is a question for you know our listeners as well or do, if you're going for an experience do you want to see something paranormal or like ghosty or do you want the crap scared out of you yeah. like do you want to have something happen like that i mean
1: and that's, you know, and that's the TV shows, you know, they're all about they square up with the ghosts, they, they scream at them, they provoke them, that's not what, you know, 90% of ghost hunting is. And in fact, it, it is not approved at the May Stringer house. If you are a provoking team, you will not be allowed into the May Stringer house, or you'll be kicked out pretty quick. Um, but um, because, hey, you know, their ghosts are good ghosts. And then the, also, that's one of the things at the May Stringer, which I love, you know, they do have some psychics that work there. Uh, and they are also when a team comes in and it's like, we're going to put the ghosts to rest, we're going to send them on and all that. And they won't let you do that either because they're like, how can you prove that you're sending them to a better place? You know, it's um, and it's uh, you know, that's it is just about going and documenting and trying. You know, that's the thing, this is stuff we don't understand yet. We don't know if this, you know, if these are spirits, we don't know what this stuff is. It is stuff we are trying to discover and trying to figure out, and that's what this is all about. And I love that Hernando County is just embracing it. And we've got more places to talk about, but we're going to do that. No, you're going to finish
0: the next cemetery, and then we're going to take a break. Okay. Because you can't leave me hanging. I know there's another cemetery. There
1: is another cemetery. Uh, and this one's interesting. This is called Cow Prairie Cemetery. And Cow Prairie Cemetery- Oh, like, like Moo Cow? Like Moo Cow, Moo Cow. So- And it is real close between the Florida National Cemetery and the Dade City Cemetery, which is also our Dade City Battlefield, which is a uh, Native American burial site. Well, Cal Prairie Cemetery, uh, maybe about 10 minutes away, it's the next exit up from Brooksville. It's still Brooksville adjacent, uh, which is why I put it in here. Uh, This one was interesting because the villages which is a wonderful community here in Florida that you, makes That's all the That's a fun whole other there. topic. There is an episode. <laughs> we'll just do an episode on Koosh Balls. Just Google Koosh Balls in the villages. Well, don't do that actually. Don't, 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 don't do that on a work computer. Not safe for work. Uh, but yeah. anyway, um, they wanted to buy the land there to build a gas station for their property. And they were going to bulldoze Cal Prairie Cemetery. And it's an old Civil War cemetery And they were officially going to move it to be part of the Florida National Cemetery, not too far away. And and it's funny because they were ready to do it. And then me and a couple other historians were out there documenting the graves. We knew there were more graves, more people buried there than there were headstones. There was about a dozen headstones. We weren't sure exactly how big the cemetery was. So we all reached out to various historical societies and the wonderful Professor Kimberly from USF, who also did the Dozier School investigations and has done a bunch of other historical investigations, got a team out there to start doing ground penetrating radar Well, they did find extra graves. And not only did they find that they went out past the fence, they went a little further out and they found not just normal graves, but seated graves which means what
0: is a seated grave
1: where instead of someone laying down they're sitting up like cross-legged and that means a native american burial site which is that makes this a historical site that cannot be bulldozed and it has to be documented and so they start doing more searching to figure out exactly how big this is how old it is that means the settler cemetery just got put they already knew it was a burial land so let's just put more graves on top of it but it's also right next to I-75 and the I-75 off-ramp there, which means when I-75 was built, they didn't tell anybody that they were finding these because it's obvious that the graveyard goes under I-75, So, um, which meant they didn't tell anyone because they didn't want to stop the building of the interstate. And that goes right back to the robber barons when they first came to Florida were building the trains. And they would build through and they would find these bones and then they would give them to their re- the railroad employees as gifts um it's
0: Which, why
1: the how would somebody want anyway that's a yeah yeah but a whole other thing but so cal Prairie cemetery thankfully will still survive and live on uh long beyond being a you know a gas station uh and now we are investigating it more but the thing is that area that cemetery has lots of paranormal occurrences. There's a civil war soldier who is seen there quite often walking like he's patrolling it, like he's guarding it. Now, this would have been a resting place for soldiers. So we think they would have stationed guards there. Um, And uh, that goes back to early cemetery legends that the first person buried in a cemetery guards it forever. That's why most cemeteries have sprung up when a soldier dies and then they build a whole cemetery around that soldier uh or when a family member dies or the patriarch of the family died now we'll build the cemetery around him because he's going to protect the rest of the family and wow okay i just
0: got chills and i got that electric like the hair on the back of my neck stood up so creepy
1: creepy for and there is
0: creepy for commercial break
1: yes yes and let's let's listen to something really scary some crass commercialism so
0: I, I love it. I love it. We'll be right back with Erie Travels.
1: Erie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch-black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goatman of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe what are those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan Spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more.
0: Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune,
1: the voice from Hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. We're back to part two. Oh, part two, more of Brooksville. So um, I feel like I teased a little bit about Jessie May back at the May Stringer house. I feel like
0: you went very fast. You're like, there's this cool girl ghost, bring her a gift next. And I'm like,
1: what kind of gifts? What does
0: she get? What does she like? well,
1: Well, that's just it. The paranormal teams kept coming and they keep coming and they keep coming. And they all love Jessie May. And they all love that she plays with the, the, you know, the investigators. She, you know, pulls on, you know, uh, pants legs. She pulls on skirts. She loves girls and she loves to talk to them. And she will, uh, you know, EVP like crazy. That's electronic voice phenomena for those not in the know. Uh, But she is probably one of the most iconic ghosts there. But for a long while, she got quiet. Something was wrong. Things weren't happening. She wasn't, you know, wasn't doing as much, or it was getting a little more mean spirited. And what they realized is all of these paranormal teams had been bringing her gifts, little toys, mostly dolls. And they had this.
0: Oh, I just got the shivers. Dolls are the. We're gonna have to do an episode on dolls. Because uh, I know we have Robert the doll, but dolls- I am Jetta Mr. Robert
1: the doll, so yeah. So but, creepy. Yeah, Robert, we love you. And remember, don't talk bad about Robert. Yeah,
0: we do. But, Robert is the best doll that ever was of dolls. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. so, but anyway, so they got all these dolls and what they realized, again, we even, you know, brought they brought all these dolls in and just like the artist's trunk up in the attic, some things- Came in with these dolls, and some of these ghosts were not as friendly to Jesse May. And there was a one of the psychics got a message that said, "I can't play anymore. They won't let me." And so, oh, creepy! Yes. So why they are we had to go in.
0: Tonight, why was this a good idea? <laughs>
1: So they got their team to go. Their two psychics went in and identified all the dolls that were not historical parts of the May Stringer collection, were ones that people had been brought in. They were antique dolls, a lot of them. And they said, look, we just can't keep them because these have stuff attached to them. So the psychics identified everyone and they had an auction at Halloween at that ghost fest. Let's get rid of the dolls. And they had the notes on each of the dolls. Which spirit was attached to them, and everybody loaded up. Paranormal people, just general people. Hey, everybody wanted a haunted doll from the the, the May Stringer house, right? So they all—I mean, they sold them all, but one. One oh. nobody wanted, and the note said, "You know, the psychics agreed. This one does not have a particular spirit attached." But it has been open to many attachments that have come through it and use it. It's a portal. This doll is a portal for spirit. Why
0: were they selling it instead of putting it in a glass box somewhere and not having anybody touch it again?
1: Well, guess Why what can't they, they do said? That? They said, hey, nobody else wants it. Let's get Muncie. He'll take it. And so they said, Mark, would you take this doll and find it a good home? And I said, gladly because i felt the doll needed a good home and um i took you're the freaking doll. the producer
0: out please tell yeah, me you producer. don't still have this
1: doll <laughs> well i took the doll and i knew the next week we were heading on our research trip for uh our next book and so we were also heading up to CryptidCon. con and so i reached out to many of the locations along the way said, hey, who wants a haunted doll from the May Stringer house? And the International Paranormal Cryptozoology Museum in Somerset, Kentucky said, please, we want the doll. Now, I'd already given them a piece a few years ago that we used in Hellview on my old haunted house here that was part of the old Biltmore um, and uh, the old Biltmore, uh, Bellevue Biltmore Hotel Uh, which is another story for another day. Uh, But uh, they wanted it. So we took the doll to CryptidCon in Lexington, Kentucky, and we had it on our table. And then we took it over to them and we, you know, we exchanged hands there. And what was so funny is after I handed it to them and I had already walked back to my table, their psychic walked in and went, oh, hell no. (laughs) And demanded that the doll be put away immediately and for safe transport. So I was uh, going
0: to say, no takey seats,
1: No backsees. No backsees. No so the doll is on display there now. Uh It's in a great museum. It's in Somerset, Kentucky. It's under their um courthouse, the town courthouse. You actually have to go into the basement to get to this museum. So it's like you're walking into the X-Files. It's amazing. And uh, they've got lots of amazing displays of big footprints, UFO stuff, and lots of haunted objects, the likes of which are much better than any Hollywood style museum that you might find elsewhere. So, um, you know, not saying any names. I'm
0: just uh, saying that, you know, Callie's all about you maybe staging the hell out of the house since you've been Oh, yes.
1: Doll. No, no, we did. We did much protection of the house afterwards. And uh, in fact, it actually never came in the house. It stayed in the van. So, um, because I, I, I wasn't going to bring it in the house. So without proper protection, it was in the box sealed. That was, uh, we did have a, a good friend of ours, you know, uh, sanct- uh, sanctified it to protect it for, for the travel. We didn't have any car issues. Although, wait a minute, we did have a thermostat issue, but that was it. So, you know, I, you know but it was a 3000 mile trip. So these things happen. Um, oh
0: my goodness. Oh my uh, goodness. Okay. Note but, to self, note to self mark will take creepy things and take them home with him
1: and so with them in safe locations i can that's what my networking powers are so you've done all this in brooksville right you've gone to all these haunted locations you've hung out with all these places and you got all this evidence um there's one more place you got to go you know where are you going to spend the night right well if you are not there this no. is
0: not lending itself to me staying there.
1: <laughs> if you're if you're if you're open to something a little different in florida And definitely not during the summer, which lasts, you know, nine and a half months down here. Uh, you know, know, unless you're very adventurous and don't mind camping. Um, there is a place there called hog Island. Now this was part of the old Croom area, which was a boom town in the 1800s. It is no longer there. It's still basically part of Brooksville. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, the hog Island was this Island where a bunch of feral hogs were all the stuff the Spanish brought over to, uh, when they first conquistadors and were, you know, they brought them to Florida, they thrived, and now we have wild boars everywhere. Um, and uh, this island was full of them, so that's where it got its name. But okay. historically, there was a settlement on the river that right across from the island, and and um, the town's healing lady lived on the island, and uh, you know, and she would make poultices and you know do things for the for the settlement and things were going great until 1894 1895 which we had a little taste of in 2022 where florida actually got cold those two years were blizzards in some of florida most people don't realize that and uh they had the coldest winters on history those years and so the town was dying. The fruit industry had died, turpentine industry had died. They didn't know what to do. Let's blame the healing lady. She's gotta be a witch. Let's burn her. And uh yeah, so they Oh,
0: very um puritarian listen. of them, right? Yes,
1: yeah, so so we've already had, you know, some sad things mentioned in this episode. So this is again some more sad things. So please skip ahead if you are disturbed by unusual things in history, but they took her, and they tied her to a tree, and then they decided to do terrible things to her to kill her. And when they could not do it quick enough, they decided to light her aflame, and she <sighs> runs oh, she the ropes burn, and she's still alive, and runs into the woods to die away from everyone never seen again but her screams were heard and it's just terrifying story well her ghost is still seen in the hog Island forest which is a hog Island campground now and her ghost is seen running through the woods a flaming spirit the, you know, almost ghost writer you know with a flaming skull and you know and and she slashes at tents with flaming claws um it's a terrifying sight it has been reported many times over the years and then what's Famous about this story is it was told to a bunch of kids in Orlando by the late, great Charlie Carlson, who wrote Weird Florida, one of my mentors and uh, the master of weird. And he told them this story at UCF. Uh, These film students decide to make a movie based on this legend, and they can't get to film it here in Florida. So they go to Massachusetts, and that is where we get. The Blair Witch Project, the most successful wow. independent horror film of its day, held the record for decades. Uh, I think it took till uh, uh, Get Out to beat that. Um, and
0: and I I have to say about Blair Witch, and first of all, you know, we have so many things in history that happen where you just go, "What in the hell were you thinking?" Like that was a good idea. I mean, people's weird. Um, mystic or religious beliefs that would lead them to think that killing this woman was going to make a blizzard go away
1: exactly you
0: know and i get there's a lot of spiritualness with the weather and mother earth and i'm not discounting all of that but you know there's there's none of those kind of entities that would be like you know what you should do you should tie somebody up and light them on fire when you fail to kill them quickly which is First of all, killing somebody is terrible, but failing to kill them quickly and painlessly—that's a whole other thing.
1: Yeah. It's but, and it's, again, we don't know if any of this is real because there is no historical documentation of this.
0: No, and but, it's, it's, stories become legends, and you know, you're—that's what you do—you chase down yeah. legends, Mister Muncie. Yeah,
1: but the, the fact that we figured out it was Kroom was crazy enough, you know. So
0: yeah exactly and but Blair Witch you know what was interesting is I remember when that movie came out and like I think it was a week before it premiered a professor came on and said how it wasn't a true story and everything like that and tried to debunk it like publicly because yeah. there was a website up about it this is way before
1: it was one of the first viral websites yeah with like an alternate reality game style website with Articles and all this. And people even thought that just like Cannibal Holocaust years before, uh, where they they actually made them show the kids on television to prove it was a movie, you know, because people thought they were really dead. <laughs> it was crazy.
0: No, exactly. But one of the things I thought was interesting is I remember watching that, and it was at the Clearwater Mall um movie theaters, and I remember knowing that they had said it was debunked, it wasn't real, blah, blah, blah. But I remember watching it and thinking this is terrifying and the way they did it, even if it, it was not like you're scared, like that end scene where the wall, like terrifying, yep. regardless of how real or not real, but the way the directors did that, they really took you to that place. You know what yeah. I mean? Like
1: it's incredible. You, and, you and felt actors, it became real in
0: yeah, the, the, the theater. actors
1: They took, it was basically a live action role-playing game. They did not give them scripts, they sent them in the woods, they gave them specific coordinates to go to. Uh, you know, and this is early days of GPS, so they weren't the best, you know, uh, of that, even. And uh, that's and then they would mess with them at night. And uh, and this was really they were gonna, just going to edit that into a documentary, uh, and make it like a fake documentary. And that was the original purpose of the movie, but then when they started watching the footage, they realized had something completely different and and it worked out great. That documentary footage became a a sci-fi channel thing called Curse of Blair Witch, which has been on some of the DVD releases. And the thing I love about that is the professor, who's the Blair Witch expert, is the late great Charlie Carlson portraying him. So, you know, so that is part of the fun. Uh, It's great to see Charlie back, you know, in in spirit, you know, literally. Uh, Now, you've done all that, right? Okay, first of all,
0: what what I've gotten is don't go camping up there, stay away from cemeteries, stay away from houses. So now that I'm thoroughly terrified and haven't slept at night, Mark, what's next on the agenda?
1: Well, you got to finish it off by going to the most famous location in Brooksville. You know, you need food fit for a king, right? So yes, or, so yeah. you have to go to Coney Island Hot Dogs. Coney Island hot dogs. There is this amazing hot dog stand that has been around for decades. In fact, the king himself, Elvis, was down here filming a movie in Silver Springs called Follow That Dream. He also filmed at Crystal River, which is just a little ways away, which has the mounds, has all this other crazy stuff. It's where all the manatees are right now because it's cold. So that's where you go to watch manatees. But he was filming between the two places. And as he was driving back and forth between the two places, he go through Brooksville and he heard about this hot dog place. So he stopped one day and had a hot dog and he fell in love with the place. He said it was the best hot dog he'd ever had. So he stopped filming, follow that dream for a day and brought the entire crew and cast to this place to eat hot dogs. One day, he literally stopped filming on a movie, but that's Elvis. He could do that. And that's why he was the King. Um, so, yes, you two can go there and you can have an Elvis dog, which is a, you know, does, is a foot how long. How
0: does Elvis like his hot dogs?
1: It was a, he had a foot long chili dog with onions and the works, uh, with onions and cheese. Uh, not his usual peanut butter and jelly, uh, peanut butter and banana sandwich, but, you know, it was still pretty good. Uh, you can go there. They have alligator dogs, but they also have some vegan options. Uh, they have really great boiled peanuts. Thank you very much. The caviar of the South. Um, and... Um, <laughs> And then they, you can sit at Elvis's table, which is the center table, which was a, is a stand-up, and that's a high top, and that's where he was. They've got Elvis stuff all over, the place, all, all over the place, and they've got just so much stuff on the walls. They were sued by Subway for calling their hot dogs footlongs when they're a footlong, for some reason, because Subway's claimed to own the copyright to footlongs, uh, and uh, they've they got uh. this lawsuit letter posted there that you can read, so just have fun with it. It's an amazing place. And it's right down the street from the May Stringer house. Um, and there's so much more there. We could do days and days just on Brooksville. And we probably will come back here in future episodes to talk. But we have done all this hunting. We've had hot dogs. We've had chili. Yo, Oh, my gosh. I, I like their fried corn. That's I forgot. I forgot all about that. They do a smoked fried corn that is that sounds
0: amazing and and with that we would love any listener tales from brooksville if you have something that you want to tell us about an experience you've had even at the mainstream or how anything like that please feel free to go on erietravels.com because that's the non-copyrighted version of our show and (laughs) Bring that back. Um, but go to ierytries.com and send us your story. We would love to have it. And if you're creepy and weird, somehow we'll magically get your story before this episode even airs. Yes, because that's guess not what? weird or creepy I at got, all.
1: I got a listener story. So this is our inaugural listener story from the heart of Appalachia. Uh Appalachia, if you're up north, it's Appalachia down uh under the Mason Dixon line. So, but this is actually over the Mason Dixon line but it is right from the heart of West Virginia. And um, okay. And this, where did
0: we get this reader story? Who supplied it to us? This
1: reader story is supplied to us from Matthew Painter. And he reached out to me uh, as I get often, you know, people reaching out to me and I, we are happy to hear your stories. And if you'll let us, we'll read them on the air. And he was gracious enough because he would like some advice on this. So oh. now I'm going to read this direct. So this is unedited uh and i i should put on my west virginia accent but i'm not going to don't I might do, that. Slip don't into do it that by accident because it is still there uh i did live there for 12 years and it, it, it sometimes slips back in especially oh. when i'm up there for a while I, um, I
0: can't wait to see if it slips in but hey okay. Matt, thank so, you very much for your story let's hear it
1: so buckle up people this is one of our eerie encounters so hey i really need help and this is going to be a bit of a long story But after what happened to me, I really felt like my life was at danger and I wanna know what I experienced. So my friend and I live in West Virginia and we went to a place in West Virginia called Sleepy Creek. It's a very large area for hiking, fishing, hunting. And him and I went up there to do some late season squirrel hunting. And after that, uh, late night fishing and some dinner at the lake. So to explain what happened, we went about Wait, wait, can
0: we pause for one second? Yes. Is squirrel hunting a thing?
1: Yes. I've, I've, I've been squirrel hunting many a day. And, what do you, uh,
0: is it to eat squirrels? They're not yeah. very big.
1: No, but they taste like chicken. They're pretty good. Uh, does yeah. everything taste like chicken? I <laughs> feel like we're in the Matrix. It's, it's, a game-y, it's a gamey taste. It, it, I wouldn't say it tastes like rabbit, but do you know what rabbit tastes like?
0: Yes, I do know what rabbit okay. tastes like, okay. Okay. Mr. Sassy so, fans.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. It does taste like rabbit. So, all right
0: okay fine uh, yes fine.
1: yes Girl i'll, I'll, I'll tell my hunting stories at some point too so all right okay. so all right so then back to the story so to explain what happened we went about six miles into the center of the wood around 3 p.m to start fishing so we dragged everything out to our spot which was about a quarter mile away from my vehicle and it was a lot of stuff we were having fun fishing and eating some food till it got windy at around 7 30. Keep in mind, it's dark at this point with a full moon so you can barely make stuff out. I think it's supposed to be barely. Uh, We complained a bit, but nothing a second big jacket wouldn't fix. But at 8.30 p.m., I felt like something was watching me. Keep in mind, I'm scared of what I can't see in the woods in the dark, but I was trying to get over my fear. I kept pacing back and forth, just trying to keep myself calm, just thinking it's my nerves. Uh, when about 15 minutes later, I heard a female's voice say, leave. And before you asked, no one was there. We were the only people in that 22,000 acres of land where there were no other cars or anything. My friend tried playing it off, thinking it was just the wind playing tricks on us. And we just freaked ourselves out until about 30 minutes later when we heard something huge hit the water. If you've ever been fishing, you can tell the difference between a big fish jumping and a rock being thrown in the water. We freaked out a bit more and started packing up, but then another 15 minutes passed, and we heard another rock being thrown, but into a creek on the other side of the hill, and that's when we decided to rush out of there, and the whole six-mile drive, I felt like I was being followed and watched. I really felt like my life was in danger, and all day, all I can think about was what happened last night when I woke up, both my friend and I said it all felt like a dream. I would love your guys's input into the situation as I know nothing about any of this. Thank you for reading my ramble and taking time to read as well as any input you might think would, it would be amazing. I've done research too and nothing is coming up to my experience.
0: Okay, so first of all, again, Matthew, thank you for your story. We oh, want yeah. to start thank there. Thank you,
1: Matt. And thank you for letting me read that out loud. When I reached out, I was like, you know, in the future, if you don't want us to read your real name, or if you want us to be anonymous, we're happy to do that too. So
0: yeah, then so, your
1: stories. we'd love to share them.
0: I have some theories, Mark. Do you I want do to go too. first? Or do you want to hear my theories?
1: Well, well, I have a question. Have you ever been to Sleepy Creek in West Virginia? Because I have. I have not. So let's hear your theories because I've
0: not been there, but I've had a similar experience.
1: So So sleepy Creek is one of the number one hotspots for our wonderful friend, Mr. Bigfoot. Uh, the Sasquatch is reported in that area several times, even in recent years. Um, but, um, and Sasquatch encounters, I have heard many people say throw rocks and try to, you know, you know, try to scare people away. Um, the leave with a female voice makes me think more wood spirit, a fae, or something like that. What so do you think?
0: I okay. So I've heard the same about Bigfoot that Bigfoot will try to throw rocks and uh, or make noise to scare you off, especially when you're closer to potentially their home, their den, their wherever they live. I actually think their mansions somewhere in the woods, we're just not seeing them and they're much more intelligent than we give them credit for. But, um, so I've had two different experiences that are similar to this with the leaf. Part of it is, you know, obviously hearing a voice sometimes you'll get scared. Like this is back to what I was saying before. Is is this a terrifying thing? Or, you know, is it a warning? Is it something there that's giving you a warning, trying to help you out and not trying to scare you? It's trying to be of assistance to go get out of here. Another thing though, so I had a very you know similar experience where I don't know whether the words were said or if I just somehow got that mental thing of go. And any time, by the way, I feel, and this is Erica's disclaimer on this show, you hear that, I don't care where you are, get the F out of there. Like (laughs) that, I don't care if it's a nice one or a mean one, go. If they've gotten to that level of power where they're able to tell you to get out, leave. That's what you should do. But the other thing that's interesting, and I know we're gonna cover this on future episodes, right? is um people used to um a lot of people don't know this where knock on wood came from right and knock on wood was came from where you used to wake up the spirits in the trees to protect you when you were traveling through forests at night from the things that were in the forest so you would knock on wood for not luck you'd knock on wood to wake up the tree spirits and stuff like that to protect you so whether it's a ghost or something along those lines, because people used to do that's where this whole thing everybody knocks on wood these days and nope. doesn't get it. It's from rousing the spirits in the trees to watch over you. So I, I, I personally feel it could have been guardian spirit there trying to go, hey, you're about to be smashed by a very large creature, or um, tree spirit going, you should get out of here, protecting them at night.
1: So our wonderful producer just posted that their theory is that it should be could be some sort of replay ghost that someone who died in that area whose last word was leave. Um, that's possible too. Uh, I also uh, am of the opinion, you know, One as I've talked to many uh, native peoples and other things like that, a common theory is you know the voices in your head that tell you get away, get away. That is your ancestors telling you this is unsafe get out uh and that's why sometimes you'll hear it and the person next to you doesn't uh you're more in tune with your ancestral you know or it's just your body's way of saying "Yo, know look all these things are telling you you're in danger and you're too stupid so i have to shout it to you um well it's
0: true except for his friend heard it so. that's the thing
1: that's where it goes to that next level i'm right okay so I think it was a spirit of the forest just telling them time to go and it may have been protecting them or that it could, you know, like, you know, um, again, our producer said maybe a guardian angel guiding spirit. I think it could have been warning them about what was splashing in the water. Get out. I don't, I think they were two separate things. That is my opinion from this.
0: I, I agree. And, uh, you know, just for future, if something says leave, regardless of any of this list of lovely things that we've provided to you, that it may be leave like right when that happens, grab your stuff, get out. I don't care what situation if, if you're ghost hunting, if you're walking into a place, if you get that feeling, whether it's a feeling, whether it's a voice that says leave, leave, Trust your gut, trust those trying to protect you, trust those trying to warn you. You shouldn't be there,
1: right? Exactly. And back to May Stringer that night I talked about up in the attic where the door was shown to us. Um, and that was the the vloggers, uh, Tampa jay and Chris the Girl. Uh, you can follow them on YouTube, please do. They do amazing travel vlogs. I've done Casadega, I've done a few things with them. Uh, uh but they, oh my gosh. They were the ones that filmed that door opening, and you will note two seconds after that door opens. And I'm kind of after we reacted to it and everything, we were all like, Time to go because the ghost literally showed us the door, and that is exactly what you do when you get that situation, you get out of there. And yes, and Tampa Jane Chris Girl recently got engaged, so I'm very happy for them. Uh, you love it when YouTube's find youtubes and you know, and, and do the thing. That-
0: that sounded weird, Mark. YouTube's
1: yeah, yeah right? exactly. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, it's it's late in the show. I can I can get a little weird with the words, uh, That's but true. Oh man, it's just this is fun, and we will make sure we put the links to the the, the both their YouTubes uh, where that where that event happened, and you can go right to them where you can see the door just blow open with nothing there in the house. Um, but we also, oh my gosh, we are getting. There, I mean, this is this is this is the stories we want. This is please send us more things like this. If you have a strange encounter, if you have just something your grandpa told you, if you have a, a Mima or people story that you want shared, you know, these and again, it doesn't have to be, hey, you know, he doesn't want to come forward and talk about it. That's fine if you want it just the story to stay out there because once it's here, it will be out there forever. It's another one of those. It's keeping keeping things alive keeping things going we don't want these stories to disappear we really don't we agree
0: we believe you so please share them with us
1: yep and i'm not saying there are ghosts monsters all the terrible things uh but i am saying that there are always more trick-or-treaters than there are kids in the neighborhood so you know that is
0: that is a true and terrifying thing so be nice and With those, with those words, Mark, I know we're wrapping up. So I have two last things to say. Um, Both of them are similar, which is be nice to dolls. Yes. And Robert, I thank you very much for all you've done. We appreciate you sending us positive energy for our podcast and we think you're
1: awesome. Yeah. And uh, so if you go to sleepy Creek up in West Virginia, again, go in the fall. It's beautiful in the fall. You can see all the wonderful color changes, and um, and it's it's well worth your time. And then, uh, oh, and then uh, Callie in the other room. Robert, you are a special boy, and you are handsome. Please don't hurt them. So, nope. yeah, please don't hurt them, and please don't hurt us. And Robert, I enjoyed filming with you down in Key West for the Discovery Channel, Curse of Robert the Doll. If you want to know more about Robert, we'll do a future episode on you. But yeah, you know, let us know. You know, give us some comments. And now that we're circulating please give us a rating on, you know, your favorite podcast uh, reader of choice, you know, whatever you're listening to us on, we'd love to start popping up in the algorithms. So you don't have to search for us a little further then. So yeah, uh,
0: reviews, like, subscribe,
1: tell your friends, tell review. your family, tell your haunted doll. They can get their own Spotify account. They can listen in, you know, and, uh, okay, can and we've you got stop
0: encouraging that
1: <laughs> and we have very much more coming ahead uh oh my gosh i cannot wait for you all to hear some of the stories we've got
0: yes well with that we hope you have a great time on your travels out there travelers and try to stay away from things throwing rocks at you and we'll see you next time
1: see you on the other side